0: Welcome to Hire, everybody.
1: The podcast where we help you reach higher in your career and learn with experts in recruitment, entrepreneurship, marketing, and many more about what it takes to become a leader in your dream industry.
0: And today's episode, we talk about how to interview like a complete champion. But first, hit that beat, Tom (laughs) Zamzow. I live for our jingle.
1: Mm -hmm. It's such balm for the soul and really invigorates the mind, doesn't it? Just like our podcast. Isn't it the best? Totally. Oh. Oh, 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 hi. I didn't hear you there, valued audience member. I'm so sorry.
0: So the world is still on fire, Tom.
1: Inferno.
0: You know what else is really on fire? Do tell. A fire job interview.
1: Where you entertain and delight the hiring manager?
0: That and getting the job, of course.
1: Of course. Encyclopedias have been written about the art and science of interviewing, the right talking points, the right prep and the right body language.
0: That is why today we have Shona McDonald with us, recruiter and headhunter extraordinaire, to help us ace that interview. Ace,
1: just as in poker. Let's go get it.
0: We've got Shona McDonald in the house. Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Thank you so much, Shona, for joining us today. Um, you know, we already told the audience a little bit about who you are and uh, what you're actually doing here, but please, in your own words, who are you, what you're doing, what you're good at?
2: <laughs> Hello, thank you so much for having me. Um, I am a talent acquisition person, recruiter, manager, uh, and I've been recruiting and hiring and engaging with talent around the world for a very long time. And I've worked in com- big private corporations, uh, not for profit government organizations, uh, startups, um, finding really top talent and getting them jobs. So I love that. I love giving good news to people. And I actually don't mind giving people bad news as long as I've got some feedback and something for them to take away.
0: Wow. That's awesome. Like amount of experience you have and they're great little tips as well. And I think something we always want from recruiters are, you know, a bit of feedback because we don't always get that we'll get into that later mm-hmm. on but listen we're going to have this great conversation with Shona and also you are going to probably know and in fact I know you are going to give us a few tips throughout the whole session so you the audience make sure that you listen in because we won't give them out till the end. All right, Tom.
1: That's absolutely right, because we have instructed Shona to withhold her three (laughs) most valuable tips until the very end of the sessions of things that you may not be doing right now, but have to start doing immediately to interview like a complete champion. Okay, let's dive right into it. Nikki, let's debunk some myths.
0: Yes, we love debunking some myths, Tom, right? So the first one, Shona, is... Recruiters are the evil entity that only exists to expose an ap- applicant's lack of ability through psychological torture. True or false?
2: <laughs> oh, false. <laughs> A recruiter is your best friend. Love it. I, yeah. I, 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 you know... W- w- Actually, I often say we're there representing candidates and we have one foot outside of our companies looking in and helping the organisation find out who who these amazing people are. So we're actually the applicant's best friend. And I think, you know, we do hold a lot of, I suppose we hold the keys to the gate. Uh, And and so, no, we're there to help you and listen and, well, a good recruiter should. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> you know, I love this because we actually spoke to uh, Manuel Heichlinger from Samsara, who's a, you know, fellow recruiter um, the other week. And so he had something very similar to say when we said, you know, is the recruiter, your enemy, are you a victim of just the job application and your hopes and dreams of getting a job? He had a very similar answer to you said, no, we love, you know, we love applicants, but sometimes it doesn't feel like this. So I think in this episode, we'll also explore ways in which you can make the recruiter your best friend. But now on to the second myth. And I'm sure that the answer is going to be similar but i just want to poke the bear in a little bit <laughs> it is the recruiter's job to drive a hard bargain and keep salaries as low as possible for the company you know like on a bazaar <laughs> true or false false <laughs> qualify
2: <laughs> qualify um so every everybody knows that you know there's a price on a roll you know there's a budget there's headcount there's cost there's also the, the worth of the skill sets that that somebody is bringing to the organization um the recruiter isn't the budget holder they've got a mandate um ask around, ask questions um but no i I wouldn't say they're 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 they're, they're the in between person between the budget holder and the candidate, so no. they're
0: they're not (laughs) so no (laughs) No. well that's great news i think to to me and to everyone else um absolutely great news because we always feel a bit like that when we're you know we're looking for jobs and we're trying to find our dream job as well you know um so I think we should talk a little bit about this episode right now. We're going to help you to make sure that you interview like a champion. And of course, the tips that you're going to give throughout the session are going to be helping us to do that and helping our listeners to, to really get their dream job. So hopefully they're ready to take down those notes. Now, before we go into a little bit more, um, what kind of recruiters are out there? and how are they different and also how do we know how to reply to them as well you know once we we kind of get maybe someone reached out to us how do we reply reply to them
2: i think uh, being yourself um, again it depends on the organization it depends uh, and again that you know you do your homework have a look at the type of organization um, you know, LinkedIn is a very, very good tool. But also, you know, just doing some Google searches on the internet. There's some very good websites um, that structure orga- that give organisational charts for, for for companies. You can work out who's who. Are they genuine? Are they a headhunter? Are they a recruitment agency? Are they a recruitment agency based in the company? Or do they actually work for the company? Are they a researcher for the company for the recruiter? So, um, have a look around. And and just always be yourself, polite, ask for further questions. I think that's the deal, really.
1: I think it's really interesting because, you know, when we think about, ooh, the headhunter, you know, the, the nefarious headhunter, this mystical creature that we always wait to, you know, call us and just offer us a job on a silver platter, they can actually come in many different shapes and forms. And it's quite important to do your research and see are they directly affiliated with the company as the company contracted them, sort of to understand what is their motivation in speaking with you, right? So what mm-hmm. kind of um, performance indicator are they serving for themselves, right, to get money from their client by recruiting someone. Um also what's the overall budget probably. So I think doing this research research is very important. Um I have a follow up question here because this has happened to me a thousand times and I hate it. Like I interestingly um hate pineapples. Um we find a lot of fake headhunters especially on LinkedIn. So you get a message from them, they get you all excited, they're sort of telling you that you're the star and you have this fabulous career in front of you. You reply, you sometimes I, once I made the mistake of giving them my telephone number, and you never hear from that again. So, you know, what are some of the telltale signs of a, you know, a proper headhunter reaching out to you on LinkedIn versus one of these fake ones? You know, could you elaborate a bit for our listeners?
2: Yeah, I, I, maybe they're not fake, but actually the job is fake. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's the role that's fictitious, and I, and I would, I would actually definitely steer away from those. Um, I get them too. I think. Um, they, they throw lots of messages out there to candidates without really looking at the profiles. It's like, you know, I, I receive offers to have a conversation, to be an accountant. The, somebody has clearly not done the homework or looked at my LinkedIn profile. Um, but again, going back, finding out who they are, I, I wouldn't respond to those ones. What the ones I would, follow up you you can really tell a good recruiter or a mandated re- recruitment agency or exec search if they are being specific around the role title they've actually looked at your profile definitely follow up with those ones
1: okay interesting so not just follow the i have a great job for you tell me your home address and your bank details right so, <laughs> <laughs> i want to be quite specific so um general sort of last general question before we actually go into the sort of the first step for many people is you get the email you get the phone call you get the invitation to you know join an interview join an assessment center before we hop into this um sort of generally speaking Shona what there's sort of a a trend for conformity on the job market right we're all supposed to be able to make the same sandwich at the factory belt for you as a recruiter do you want to see Personality shine through when you talk to applicants, or is this more like a waltz, where you have to uh, like a formal dance, where you have to dance certain steps to impress the recruiter?
2: I think uh ni- neither. I mean, and that's my personal opinion. I don't. I don't believe one should conform and be your corporate And uh, depending again on the role you're applying for, but I also don't think should be over. Um, Uh, going out of their way. I think an individual applicant has to be themselves um, and, uh, yeah, remain, remain, yeah, a good recruiter will look for the personality. Their CV, their application form has demonstrated they have the skills. If they've been contacted by the recruiter at the company, it means that there is a match from the paperwork, from the CV, from what you've written, the conversation then on, it's all about the personality and actually the softer side, the things we can't read on a CV. So being yourself would be be my, my advice.
0: That's really great advice. And I think before we, well, Tom, you already kind of said it like, okay, you've got the the email you've got the message LinkedIn, whatever it is um for your you know the job you've applied for even sometimes your dream job and you get a bit nervous don't you sometimes like what do you reply how should you do it um but what should you do next before hitting reply like i guess sometimes it's best not to just quickly reply you need to think about it
2: yeah think about it again do your research go on linkedin uh do your homework uh you know, the, yeah, I'll, I'll save that for the end. I've got something to save for the end. Oh, I love it. I <laughs> love it. It's a tip. I, but yeah, and, and I think, you know, it, it's an obvious, for me it's obvious, but maybe not for everybody else. I'm on the other side. But I think it is doing, doing your homework. Um, think about the response ask for more information i think that that those would be my top tips and then i'll save a little nugget for the end as well
1: Ooh! so because i don't we don't know what the nugget actually is so you can totally decline to answer the following um follow-up question but so when we when we tell people do your homework do your research i think it's the google is a big place so what do you look for specifically when you do this homework when you do research not down to the exactly to the exact um search term but what are you looking for what kind of information do you try to should would you advise our audience to attain about you know the job or the company before they hit the reply button to inform their um their response or decline to answer if that comes at the end of the podcast <laughs> um i'm
2: going to
1: decline. Oh, fantastic. Thank you. I much.
0: love it. That's great. Decline Tom. What's up next?
1: Okay, Brilliant. get
0: ready cool. for some tough questions. Mm-hmm. Um, I no, I'm only joking. Um, we've one more here. Um, any horror stories that you care to share?
2: of uh interviews
1: well so i'm just going to sort of compound onto nikki's question um i say when you from you know from the recruiter's perspective these responses land you know because you will reach out to multiple people right so the responses land back in your inbox or on your desk um with your eyes what are you looking for sort of what are you trying to ascertain as you read through these responses is there something that sort of triggers you to already form an opinion based on the response? Um, And if so, how? And, um, you know, what do I do as the applicant to get this right? And then, so I think this also was Nikki's question. Do you have any horror stories of people replying to you Mm. uh, and it just ruining their chances at getting the job completely?
2: So two things. uh, I'll answer it in two parts. So, yes, we, we, we see it all the time. Um... I think the biggest thing, and, and I know it sounds really basic, but it's unbelievable how often it happens, is getting a response with lots of spelling mistakes or <laughs> getting my name wrong. Oof. Dear Fiona. Oh, Fiona instead of I Shona. I actually had that last week. No. Yes. Shocker. Yes. Yeah, now, listen, <laughs> we all make mistakes. We're all human, but... Th- it has to be good think about the first impressions the first 10 seconds the first minute i look through that response will leave an immediate impression on me so yeah spelling the tech mistakes
1: that is so fast so you know one of the wonderful tips that we could give our audience for example is don't let the recruiter that you're applying to be the first eyes on your response so show it to a friend show it to your mother show it to a colleague well to a colleague, a confidant, um, to see does this reflect who you are as a person and are there any spelling mistakes, typos, wrong punctuation. I'm very allergic to wrong punctuation. Mm. Um, you know, so I think those those things really need to be paid attention to have someone else look at it um, first.
2: It's the, yeah, it's the face-to-face equivalent of your breakfast on your on your top. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so that, that's what I would say, just
1: yeah okay I love that so much don't have (laughs) breakfast on your top when you jump in a video call perfect or a booger in your nose and don't call
0: Shona Fiona please
1: and never Fiona (laughs) if she ever reaches out to you please Um, right so we are going to hop into the juicy bit that which we promised the audience um, for this episode the interview I think what not everybody realizes especially if you're fresh on the job market and you haven't done this a bunch of times yet there's actually a million different ways in which the first interview can sort of take shape it's not just sitting you know across a long table from the recruiter and being interrogated and there's a couple of more ways so we wanted to you know have a bit of general reflection time about you know the most prominent interview formats before we actually dive into the face-to-face interview
0: yes so for example before you'll actually even meet the candidates you have to do something that's called a psychometric testing did I get it right You did (laughs) great. Um, and where did those results results go? Um, and what, why, and what do you look at with them?
2: So these are actually, let me just say it out there: it's not a make or break. It's not a deal breaker. Okay, so rest assured, we don't hire people. Uh, we we don't just hire the people who do really really well and and there's a range of different types of psychometric testing you know these can be anything from 30 minutes to 3 hours <laughs> there's also verbal nonverbal mathematical analytical thinking and these are quite quick online things you can do on your phone and you know they they're really quite useful um, we look at them absolutely and we look at them at different stages of the interview process to to prompt okay so they may be really really good in one area not so good in another area let's prompt let's ask a few questions around that and and it's just revealing and giving the candidate the opportunity to talk about their strengths and weaknesses and and actually seeing it physically on paper um you know what what we can probe further We do use them a lot when we're doing uh, large assessment center type interviews, uh, when there are lots of people applying for a small amount of jobs. And it it helps really identify some of the thinking, strengths, weaknesses. And equally, what I think these, these, these tests are really great for is when you do get offered a job, you take that test with you into your organization and you use it as a development plan. So there are things there that are not perfect that you could work on. So that would be a learning plan. So I think a lot of organisations use them really wisely and, and can really add value to individuals' experience.
1: So again, you know, where it is sort of a frightening obstacle, it's actually an opportunity for you Mm -hmm. just to need to own it and be cognizant also of the results um, in case you are asked afterwards, which to me, I must be entirely honest with you, is a huge relief because the amount of sweat and tears I've lost over the advanced algebra (laughs) that I had to perform in these psychromatic tests um, in the past, especially with your organization, Shona. Um, It was, you know, it was heartbreaking, but Mm -hmm. we're still here. We're still going strong. So Today, we will actually focus on two interview um, sort of like assessment formats in particular. But before we dive into these two, um, could you tell the audience a bit more about your experience with um, various um, ways in which you have sort of gauged candidates' um, readiness for the job? What are the different formats that you have? Challenge for you, should you accept? List them. In yeah. 10 seconds. And oh uh, what I'm particularly interested in is what do they possibly have in common? So, you know, as an, as an interviewee going into them, what are some of the commonalities that you are looking for as a recruiter when people come into your room?
2: Hmm. So, 10 seconds. Oh, gosh. Um, competency-based interviews, assessment centres, coffees. Peer reviews, <laughs> um, formal panel interviews. There's some. What do we look for? And this is again, it, it's 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 quite a recruitment personal take on on things. Um, personality, character, empathy, compassion.
1: Interesting. And of course,
2: it, you know, good examples to back up your general statements. <laughs> wow that's a lot
0: um that's a lot to contend with but you've mentioned assessment centers a few times and I think we just wanted to go into that a little bit more um so our listeners you're invited into a room full of your competitors for the same job panic do you panic probably (laughs) what words of wisdom do you have for our listeners you know to get ready for that sort of situation and try not to panic when you get there
2: i guess i sound like a scratch record but you do have to be yourself um it is daunting walking into a room with six or seven other candidates and maybe you're all applying for the same job um try and put that aside uh focus on just being you on doing what you would do normally in the workplace be yourself uh be alert um and uh yeah that, that's all i can say really um if you've prepared well, you know the organisation. You know, you 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 know, be yourself.
1: Mm. So, um, you've totally given me a hook for a follow-up question. This particular point again regarding homework, although you'd previously declined to answer the question. Yeah. Um. So, you know, homework and prep work. You now mentioned that you know it's a lot about mentality. It's a lot about getting rid of the nerves. It's a lot about, um. You know being being in the moment for yourself and also sort of blibbing out the competition a little bit don't be don't be intimidated by other people that just seem to have it all already or that have the hugo boss suit where yours is actually (laughs) from home depot you know um when you come into this room as a you know so you're already placed in the room possibly and the applicants sort of start to stream in Right. your eyes are already from the minute that people come in your eyes start to scan and look for things look for clues that might um, you know give you an indication as to who the right candidate for the job is so outside of you know because there's obviously tasks that you have to perform if it's a marketing gig you need to be on top of your game with your marketing funnel and be able to apply your tools and techniques but outside of these tasks and outside of the you know moments where the tasks are being performed um what are some of the things that applicants might not think you are actually paying attention to
2: how they interact with the other candidates
1: interesting number one cool
2: it sounds really obvious but i've seen people walk in and not acknowledge it's terrifying (laughs) and they don't want to acknowledge the other person who's also contending for the role or they do but they try and speak louder and they try and get recognized or seen by the panel of observers and and you know sometimes uh we have the same number of observers and assessors than there are um candidates in in the assessment center so it's it's quite daunting but we are looking at every every single interaction whether it is related to the task or not so it's um how are they interacting with one another they might when they walk into the room who did they who did they greet first what was their facial expressions did they make eye contact did they shake hands super basic stuff but all this is really really important
1: what about the lunch buffet the dreaded lunch because (laughs) I've been in assessment centers before it's the most (laughs) awkward position to be in because you're in sort of hyper performance mode you want to get the gig and then suddenly you're asked to relax and eat a shrimp cocktail you know (laughs) what I think that's I think it's a trap is it a trap
2: (laughs) I would say the interview is all day long <laughs> and um, every part of that day is going to be an assessment. So we have, we have candidates who will take that lunch break moment to relax and go out. I've had candidates say, I'm just stepping out I'm, I'm having lunch outside. I'll be back at one o'clock.
0: <laughs> Oof, no, no. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Big no, no. <laughs> uh, so, so, yeah, every moment is going to be assessed.
0: OK, that's that's really great. And I'm sure you're going to have more tips at the end as well. Um, and it's great to see Be Your Authentic Self the whole way through mm. this, because we love that at our podcast. Um, so the next step in person interview, well, virtual interview, really, mm. these days, um, what happens? So who, who do you see first? Like, is there going to mm-hmm. be a lineup of three people, one person, five people? Or are you going mm-hmm. to go through the door to the next set of people? What, what generally happens first?
2: Generally, if if it is a company that has uh, a recruiter uh, doing the interviews, they are the first point of contact. They will do what we call a culture ad assessment. Or what in the olden days they used to call it a fit. Um, we talk about adding to a company. So so they will they they've they've had a look at the C V, it's great, brilliant, everything's on there that we want to uh, look at. The recruiter really is is having a conversation or an interview, if you want to call it an interview, to to check the culture ad, to check, okay, could this person really be good for us? And we would would we be good for them in terms of a match? Um, so that, that's the very first uh, part. And, and if you pass that one, it moves on to different types of interview with either the hiring manager, HR, uh, or a combination of both, or a panel. I think the olden days we used to do panel interviews, but that's not really a trend anymore because it's terrifying and a bit pointless. <laughs> um, but but really making people feel at ease is, is a lot of the focus of, of hiring managers um, it's very very common especially in my world at the moment where we introduce candidates to three four five maybe six people to have conversations or interviews with because you want to know who you're going to work with and you need to you need to gel you need to see if you're all going to be a, a cohesive team so that's really in a nutshell the process
1: again i love this so much because it mirrors some of the things that we've heard from manuel um in episode one actually where he also debunked this idea that it's a you know one-way conversation where you're because we spoke about cvs and your linkedin profile quite extensively and he said this is not you're not being interrogated you know this is not where they're not trying to they're not out to get you to try and find all of your secrets this is a dialogue and it's about you know um mutual ad right so will the job actually Mm -hmm. help me with my goals do i enjoy the team do i have the sense that i'm in a space that i can fully sort of you know develop myself and be authentic and vice and vice versa from the recruiters um, standpoint right so do will we get out of this candidate what we need um there are a million different ways in which you can excel at an interview the way in which you can prep um, sort of you know write and rehearse some of your answers so instead let's flip it on its head can you tell us a bit about some of the things you see applicants get wrong even though the experience is actually a good match for the job but like i want to see hard stuff like invite us into shona's memory bank (laughs) like real interviews without mentioning names obviously what have you seen people do where you just went oh no He got to go
2: coming in and telling the recruiter you don't understand the technicalities of my role so I don't want to talk to you now that's extreme right that's 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 quite an extreme one um don't underestimate the recruiter um it doesn't happen a lot but it does happen I also think um It's the, it's the culture, the empathy, the the things you can't get from the website. If you don't know them, ask the questions. And I think it, it's a two-way thing. I've had people come in and uh, tell me how many employees there are in my organization. Really? I, I'm not interested. <laughs> Why would they be telling me that? That happens nine times out of ten times that a candidate will say, when I ask how much they know about the organisation, they will tell me how many employees there are. And, and I don't know why it always comes back into the conversation. <laughs> I think, you know, those are the stuff we can't glean from our website. There's the culture, there's the... But I think there's things we can read, there are websites we can go on to read about things that we don't talk about on our on our careers site or on our website and our corporate pages. I think those are the things that I would uh, I would say
1: okay all very sound um ideas cheeky follow-up question have you ever had someone in your room that you interviewed where you just said that outfit is unacceptable (laughs) does it matter how you dress
2: it does I mean I I think I think it's really important to say that a recruiter should never judge I, I think we're there to 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 talk to the individual and to get to know that person's values and 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 who they are behind the cv that's what i always like to say however there are some big (laughs) (laughs) no-nos and it's it is a balance and and actually it's it's really lovely when a candidate says oh silly question but what shall i wear Because really, you know, it's difficult to know how an organisation, how how people present themselves on a day-to-day basis into that organisation. Is it quite casual? Is it very formal? It's, um, I think more and more organisations are becoming much more casual, but the number of strappy tops or ripped jeans (laughs) and trainers, uh, um, trainers are cool, but make it look smart. You need to be comfortable, smart, casual for most organisations, I would say. Go for the smart over the casual.
0: Yeah, I think so too. I think we, we'd agree with that one. And it's kind of going back to your education piece as well, or at least being prepared, knowing about the company, mm-hmm. um, also knowing about the culture. You might be able to find some people on LinkedIn working there. You can ask them as well. You know, you don't have to always go to the recruiter, right? Um, But again, back to being being prepared for that interview. Um, There was one question we had for you as well. <laughs> going back years, and I think we've all heard this one, your strengths and weaknesses <laughs> question, or what are you going to do in five years time? Is that still a thing or have most companies moved on from that?
2: I, I would hope they've moved on. <laughs> Me too. I, w- I really hope. Um, I, you know, it's, yeah, then they're a little bit, I mean, the, the question about what your strengths and weaknesses, that's somebody's, that's the, that's the candidate's opinion. I think what I like to ask is what, what, what have been the, key highlights you've heard in your year-end reviews for example consistently what the consistent strength and positive feedback or opportunities to develop that you've had when you when you've had your yearly appraisals or reviews with with your team with your peers with your managers so really trying to get a, a 360 view of and seeing how open and honest and 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 i suppose yeah um just being comfortable with who they are. And and even if I've had candidates who've said, you know, I really struggle with um, presenting to senior leadership and this is what I've put in place to, to, to get over my fears of presenting or, um, or my nerves when I'm standing in a room full of, you know, the senior leaders or the chief exec. I think that's honest and that's genuine. And personally, I think that's a strength to be able to acknowledge what they may have not been good at but they've demonstrated routes to 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 address that
1: um thank you so much for for all of these insights so (laughs) we have spoken lots about you know what not to do what possibly to avoid and also what questions are no longer asked or even if you asked after your strengths and weaknesses pull from you know external feedback pull in as much peer review as you can because that's really where the big value lies. as I've said before you there's just an infinite amount of preparation that you can make and you know to do your homework mm. but are there you know a few key questions or sort of outputs that you're looking from every candidate for them to demonstrate that they are the right person for the job and that also the job is right you know for them which I think you as a recruiter also want to know out of this conversation mm. again
2: this is super obvious um, but but I don't see you I don't see people, uh, candidates that I speak to do this very often. It's super obvious when I'm going to say it. And it's quite a tricky thing to do. I think candidates who can come to an interview having joined the dots. And what what do I mean by that? It means they've done their research, they've done their homework, they're prepared. They've read the job description, I know. (laughs) But not only have they read the job description or the person specification or the role, highlights whatever you want to call it uh, that should really be mandatory if a candidate has an interview to, that they that they're given something like that that they marry it up with the elements of their career highlights to to be able to be prepared to say okay so you're looking for this on the personal specification this is where I've excelled this is where I have experience this is where I do not have experience this is where I could find out how to get the experience so marrying the two as you talk through your experience as you talk through how you meet the criteria drop it into conversation and I think for me that's called marrying the dots it's it's you know joining the dots between what what the role is expecting what the company values and mission statement and, um, you know, purposes along with what you're bringing to the table and really link them all together as you speak.
0: I think it's also a good point. I think here maybe to mention, like, as the person looking for the job, you also have to feel fit you fit in the company too Mm. at this point too because what's the point in going on if you know the next level which we'll talk about now will be the deal but what's the point in doing that if you don't feel comfortable either if you haven't had a good experience um you know, all of that needs to work for you too. And the right job will come along, right? And that's what yeah, we're trying absolutely. to get across to people listening as well, is that don't just jump at the the first job. You know, you may think it's your dream job, but when you actually meet the recruiters, it's actually not what well, fits for you.
2: Absolutely.
0: Um. So the next part, and this is a really interesting one, I love this part because I don't think we're very good at it, a lot of us, um, the deal and, and what happens and, and what, you know, the next part of the interview stage is there's going to be a deal coming, right? So we've got to that negotiation stage, talking about money, compensation, you know, all of those things. How do you go about that process? And what, I guess as a recruiter, what's that the first part of the process for you as well?
2: So, yeah, it's, it's at the very beginning. It's not, we don't wait till the end. I think, um, you know, if if a recruiter is asking I would ask a candidate, I always ask a candidate, not how much money they earn, but I would ask, what are your expectations? Um, I think candidates will know that not, the salaries are not widely advertised or spoken about. So, um, And it's an uncomfortable question to ask so early on in the process. If a recruiter is, is not saying or asking, what are your expectations around a package? Mention something. I wouldn't hesitate because at least you both are being open and well, you're being open and transparent and managing one another's expectations.
1: Mm. So you dropped a very interesting clue, actually, because so as Nikki said, sort of we've reached the final stage, the deal's here, you've you've sort of you've been given a job offer and you're excited to take it. But what you said, actually, is that the negotiation piece where you need to have your facts straight, where you need to know what you want, not only from a money perspective, but, Mm. you know, what is overall package? Do you want gym access? What about pension? Um, That starts way earlier, right? Because you as the recruiter, I imagine you have this, you have this in mind that you have exactly what you will offer at the end ready from the first interaction onwards. that right?
2: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Get that conversation in early. Maybe not with the hiring manager, but definitely subtly, if the recruiter doesn't speak about it, bring it up.
1: Okay absolutely so um the the next piece and especially so this is you know we have we work in a very restricted economy at the moment um there's not a plethora of jobs out there for everybody and especially as a career starter i remember this so vividly um you are so grateful and you are so excited at the prospect of you know getting the job you will tell them take my liver take my (laughs) kidney take my childhood memories it doesn't matter just (laughs) please give me the job and i think it's one of the sort of the worst experiences and one of the worst and the most difficult attitudes to get rid of do you have any words of wisdom to share for people that are career starters like this to avoid falling into this trap
2: i would i think uh, i was experiencing it this week actually and i I was so impressed by this candidate poker face don't get too excited (laughs) stay cool um don't jump Don't, don't react too much um just letting you in that's that's like an that's a tip that i would say that really frustrates me as a recruiter but i think it's great if a candidate can do it because i think i think be cool be collected but ask all the questions okay put the salary to one side what else is there what is the progression what's the development what are the yearly cycles for progression how are you how are you assessed to progress there's not just the salary there's think about asking questions about all the other other add-ons the benefits um i, I forgot you know i forgot for many years to talk about pension <laughs> i hit quite a late in my career and i'm thinking why didn't i talk about pension so i think you know these things are golden that we don't think about i mean maybe Most people do, but I think there's lots of add-ons that we mustn't forget.
0: Yeah. I know they don't think about them because, you know, I've recently come into the corporate world and <coughs> I didn't know all of the things either. Um, so I learned a lot before I went into the interview, tried to ask people. and I think that's the question we have for you as well is what else can you do to research? Is there anywhere else you can go? I mean, the one thing that I actually asked for was a MacBook and I managed <laughs> to get it. So that was really great for me. Um, but there's things like that, small things that will make you feel Absolutely. comfortable in your job. So what else, like how can you like I just asked around I met some people who had worked in in where I am now and but there's other places like glassdoor like exactly, is there other ones yeah. that people can look at as well that might help
2: there there's, there's re- there are some really good blogs uh, that I use myself to to find out about the competition um uh for for, for big corporates in the US where um employees will write out anonymously um uh what you know what their their salary ranges are it's a bit naughty but it's really really interesting and they talk about the benefits mm-hmm. um yeah Glassdoor is a fantastic place there's a section on Glassdoor which is uh, all about uh benefits and and some salaries the salaries are not always obvious to look at um yeah i, I think that's the best thing to do and also chatting to people and reaching out to uh employees you know who have had similar experiences and you can see the the um the 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 feedback that you that people place anonymously on Glassdoor around those topics um but i think also speaking to the recruiter they're also the point the first point of contact um you know you talk about, as, Nikki, asking for a MacBook. It's not obvious, you know, we don't think about these things and a recruiter will not always think about what's going to make a candidate happy or be comfortable. Do they need a stand-up desk? I mean, it sounds silly, but stand-up desks really help a lot of people and, and you know, not every organisation will, will offer them. Um, buying back holiday days to take an extended leave, you know, do other do, mechanics within the organisation that can offer those um, benefits? So yeah, there's, there's so much to think about other than, you know, just the dollar signs. Yeah, there's plenty
0: of things like you said as well, like about how you would fit in the company as well, like diversity mm. inclusion, you know, do you mm-hmm. have paternity leave, all of these things That's that exactly. need to be, to be shown as well or are looked into especially. Absolutely. Listen, my, mo- my mind is absolutely blown with all these information. <laughs> Thank you, Shona. Um, We've given us so much to think about. I don't even know where to start. Tom.
1: Well, I will, you know, obviously we're recording this <laughs> podcast. I'm gonna to re-listen to the episode one to edit it, but be obviously also to sort of take, you know, suck up all of the knowledge. But as promised at the beginning and teased throughout this episode, Shona, what are the three top things that you notice people are not doing in interviews but need to start doing the second that they get off this episode?
2: Be on your A-game <laughs> all the time. Uh, and we touched on it earlier when we were talking about assessment center. Just uh, even, you know, there are moments when you're walking around an organization in between interviews. Uh, I've seen things slip. <laughs> I've seen people on phones. Just be on your A-game all the time. It's it's intense. Uh, but, but, you know, just watch, watch yourself all the time. At the coffee breaks, during an assessment centre. Somebody will be watching you.
0: <laughs> uh, thank you so much for all those tips. You've got a couple more there, right?
2: Yes, I do. Shall I keep going? Yes. yes. Okay. So when we were talking about doing your homework, do your research. Do not quote wiki pages. <laughs> And when I say do your homework, do your research, um, something I find really useful, again, this is my my opinion, when you're having an interview with somebody and you know who you're going to be interviewed by, go on their LinkedIn page, have a look at their profile, get to know them and their professional career, ask questions when you actually meet them, look at their boss, (laughs) look at other people in the organization, let them know you've looked at them don't withhold, don't be anonymous. And I think that, honestly, that I love that. I love, it just shows that somebody's cared to look up who they're going to have a conversation with. So if I reference my background, they know what I'm talking about. And that is really great when you're interviewing a candidate, when they say, yeah, but you've, you've, you've had that experience and you haven't been there that long. How was it for you? I think that's wonderful. It's so personable. Um, it really is a very nice touch. Third, And final, it's around the offer. Do not accept the first offer. I wish somebody had given me that feedback in the past. It's not that you're going to be difficult or challenging, but don't accept it. Have a talk about it. Think about it. And go back and ask if there is room for negotiation based on actually what it is that you're looking for, whether it's extra holidays, flexibility, uh, leave working hours uh MacBooks. In salary macbooks <laughs> <laughs> um don't accept the first offer yeah, keep but... cool keep collected
1: i think buy yourself a little bit of time to actually think about it by right? it through the, mm. with people that you know that have experience because the recruiter and also the hiring manager will expect that you know you will step back for a second it doesn't signal unwillingness or lack of excitement for the job
2: no no, and you shouldn't be asked to give an answer on the spot. You you must have time. At least forty eight hours. Where I am at the moment, we give people a week.
0: Wow, that's that's great. It's
2: very generous. Yeah. And it gives them the time to reflect and, and 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 think about what's important to them. Are we meeting what they're after in terms of a whole a whole package, not just, you know, the big picture, not just the salary. Um, have they got all the information to take that decision so yeah it's a big deal
0: brilliant wow all those great tips I'm definitely going to use that for my next well hopefully I won't have to go
2: for an interview for a (laughs) while
0: so let's keep that in my back pocket but thank you so much for all your tips and wisdoms and what a great conversation so thank you very much Shona
2: pleasure thank you so much
1: fantastic all right everybody so this was episode number two of the Higher Podcast please um, if you like this episode if you want to see more we have really fascinating b-roll on our Instagram um, page which is freshly up and freshly created called Go Higher Podcast no underscores just one word um, and we will all be seeing you and he- well, hearing you next Tuesday um, with our special guest um, Anya, who's going to talk about your personal brand and how you can actually make authenticity and your individuality your brand in a way that actually lands you those dream jobs in the um, industries that you've always been gunning for so with that everybody have a wonderful day let's go get it